Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. I'm not sure that's fair. If you're playing a New Jersey team that's going to get Kyrie and Kevin Durant back, or a Portland team, if they get Nurchik and Zach Collins back, that changed the whole dynamic. Is that fair, or are you going to allow it? We're going to allow it, and I'd only say, Charles, and this has been the back and forth with our teams, there's so much here that's not fair, and I think we were choosing among multiple bad alternatives um, given the pandemic. I think ultimately a team has a healthy roster, and those players are able to come back, um, they are eligible to play. Welcome to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols. I am alongside NBA champ Kendrick Perkins and the Hall of Famer, Mr. Tracy McGrady. Basketball is coming back, guys. Coming up, you just heard Adam Silver say that all currently healthy players are eligible to play in Orlando. Stick around to find out how much Vegas is betting on the idea of, oh yes, KD and Kyrie coming back to action for the Nets. The numbers are kind of crazy. First, though... Adam Silver also said Thursday night in an interview on TNT's Inside the NBA that there is a chance that older coaches won't be able to be on the bench due to health concerns when the league resumes play. Now, Silver's comments received instant pushback. In a statement that came out later Thursday night, Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle, he's president of the NBA Coaches Association, he said he spoke with Silver, who admitted he might have jumped the gun saying that publicly. Now, Alvin Gentry told our Ramona Shelburne, quote, At the end of the day, they're in the league. They're going to make the choice. I think it's unfair if that's what they're doing. I understand the risk that I'm taking if I do get it. But hell, I want to be with my team and do my job. That's what they hired me for. First of all, Tracy, that is the Alvin Gentry you and I both know, right? (laughs) But where are you on this? Do you think it would be smart for coaches like Alvin, like Greg Popovich, who's 71, Mike D'Antoni, who is 69, to travel to Orlando? I mean, let's be honest. What is the NBA at this time of the year without Greg Popovich on the side? Yep. Without Mike D'Antoni on the sideline? Are you kidding me? Like, how, how do we move forward and we can't allow the greatest coach, in my opinion, of all time to have a chance to coach his team? I mean, why are we doing this if Greg Popovich and, you know, the, the older coaches can't be there? It's unfair to them it's unfair to their team their organization when you have these young coaches will have you know uh their whole coaching staff and let's take you know some of the assistant coaches that might not be able to be on the sidelines it's unfair to those teams that have their entire coaching staff with you know some of these older coaches won't be able to be there I don't believe it's going to happen I believe if they're able to wear a mask on the side which I think they should then uh, they should be on the sideline. But, you know, to not have Greg Popovich and Mike D'Antoni coaching their teams as a, as a player for, that's playing for them, I, I'm, I'm, I would be pissed. Hey, hey, Mac, I'm with you, brother. I mean, but listen, if that's the case, then 
half of the coaching staffs, half of the head coaches wouldn't be able to coach their team because you look at a guy like even Doc Rivers, he's not a spring chicken. He's 58 years old. <laughs> you look at Brett Brown, he's 59 years old. Terry Stotts, I mean, it's only a handful of coaches that are young. So at the end of the day, I just want to see Adam Silver and what army try to stop these coaches from coaching. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, they're very passionate and to say like you, you, you'll take Mike D'Antoni off the bench and have him coaching, you know, basically from the locker room, it would be unfair yeah. to give an advantage to another ball team. So you can't do it. And, uh, just another point. Listen, although Mike D'Antoni and, and Greg Popovich and, and all these other coaches, Rick Carlisle, although they are up in age, these guys are still in great shape. They're not your typical 70-year-old or typical 65-year-old. These guys work out every day. Their immune system is working just fine. They'll be perfectly fine. And, Put them on the bench and let them do their job. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, not just the head coaches. We, we got to include some of the assistant coaches. These oh, assistant yeah. coaches right. have great influence on players and on on coaches uh, on the decision-making during uh games. So, I mean, I, I just think it will be unfair if some of these coaches can't be on the bench, you know, having an influence and an impact on the game with their team. You guys are speaking the truth. These are all exactly the right points to be making. I do want to note what Adam said, the sound that we played at the top of the show where he said, basically, we're choosing from a bunch of unfair options. That's true when we're discussing the bottom eight teams who I know are upset. They were left out of the Orlando scenario. And it is going to be true in the coming weeks to some extent when we discuss safety protocols. This is an unfair virus. Ask Carl Anthony Towns. It, it affects older people, people with underlying health conditions disproportionately. And the CDC recommends those people act differently than others. Now, saying that, I completely support Alvin Gentry or Greg Popovich or Mike D'Antoni or any coach who wants to make the decision for himself what he wants to do. If they want to disregard those recommendations, they should have the right to do that. It's their health. It's their bodies. But everyone keeps saying, oh, I'm sure the NBA is going to make it as safe as possible. And so the league office probably at least has to make the recommendation and maybe even publicly so if someone like Alvin decides to do otherwise, and again, I think it's him who should be allowed to make that decision, but if he does, I do understand why it has to be clear that that is on him and not the league. We will have a lot of these discussions <laughs> for the next coming weeks. All right, let's also get to what Woj reported about the NBA planning to start the season on December 1st. That was a surprise to many of us who cover the league. We thought it would be Christmas, and it turns out we weren't the only one, guys. Players Association Chief Michelle Roberts called ESPN, quote, I was surprised to see it. She said the December 1st start time means training camps open November 10th. Guys, I should note, December 1st date, it's partly intended to allow next season to finish in time for players to still go to the Tokyo Olympics the following summer, something that's particularly important to a lot of international players. Still, Kendrick, the league calendar is something the Players Association has to agree to. It's a collectively bargained item. Do you think players are going to be okay with training camp starting just 29 days after a possible Game 7 of the NBA Finals? Yes, Rachel, they have to. Think about this, right? They didn't have three months off during this pandemic. You know what? At the end of the day, when, when the players, when the players, 
agreed to meet with Adam Silver in the NBA and the Players Association, and they decided that they wanted to continue this season. They knew that things were going to change for next season, that they were going to have to make sacrifices and their break would be shorter. But just think about the eight teams that that are not going to Disney. They haven't played since March, so it would be like eight or nine months since they last played. So at the end of the day, like Adam Silver said, it's unfair across the board. But listen, we getting these NBA players getting paid a lot of money to go out there and play the game of basketball. They already had a mini vac- vacation mm-hmm. during this season, so they should be well rested and ready to go. Yeah, it's, no just, it's just unprecedented times. I mean, you know, we, we got to adapt. Those guys have to adapt. You know, it. I'm sure it's going to be a shortened season. The hardest thing for a player is your routine is totally thrown off. So now when that season is over in October, what do you do? You're going to play, if you plan October, the two teams that are playing for championships, you only have less than a month to get ready for the, the upcoming season. So do you take time off? Do you take a week or two off to let your body rest? Or do you continuously uh, train for the upcoming season? That is the toughest thing to do. Now, these teams that haven't played since March, they're going to be fine. Great shape coming in, getting ready for the upcoming season, body fresh. But the guys that are playing right now or July to October, it's going to be tough to kind of gauge. Do I take a break or do I continue training and be ready for November training camp? But T-Mac and Rachel, let's not let's not forget. They do have this new thing in, in the NBA system called load management. So, oh, it's going. Oh, <laughs> it'll work. We're going to see <laughs> so much load management next season. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> and it's going to be guys that only average probably 15 minutes a game load managing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, guys, the players have a call coming up in about an hour to decide whether to ratify the plan the league has put in place. Uh, that doesn't include what happens next season, so we'll be continuing this discussion. But it will include what's going to happen at the end of this season. We will be tracking that for, on the network for you throughout the day. All right, coming up, Rare Jordan Volume 3. We have dug deep into the archives to find some vintage Jordan highlights you may never have seen before. First, though, it's time for our distant replay. This date in 91 featuring a not-so-rare Jordan moment. You've seen this one before. The look away to Levingston. as if he remembered the slam dunk competition from a few years ago. It starts out with the flying one-hander. It says, no, 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 I used that one already to win the slam dunk. Let me change up and entertain a little bit right now. Woo! Bad pass, but Johnson runs it down. Inside of 10 seconds to go. Antonio is there. Johnson fires. Fouled in. Oh, he hit it! He hit it! He was fouled and he hit it! Larry Johnson! Throws up, and he was fouled on his shot. He tied it at 91, 5.7, and he was fouled, 5.7. It's unbelievable. The Jump is brought to you by Disney+. Plus. All of your favorites, all in one place. Sign up today. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school, or an epic road trip across the country. 
No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. Saturday, UFC 250 is live from Las Vegas. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNplus.com slash PPV. Prelims start at 6 Eastern, and now you guys know about Air Jordan, but the jump is all about Rare Jordan. The mad professor, Michael Bodmer, got back in the lab to cook up some more MJ plays you may not have seen before. And Tony Kukoc is right there, down the floor. Nice pass to MJ. Goes between him with a left hand. Oh, 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 oh. Showed him the ball. Oh, the kid just split everybody. What a play. Watch this with the left hand around Iverson. Up. Beautifully done. by the Chicago Bulls that time. Oh, no. Michael Jordan double-clutching on the reverse side of the board. That's 11 for Chicago. Michael Jordan right here. Take the baseline. Kings in the air. Scores. UPN 33. A select number of sheets still available for the Heat Wizards tomorrow night. Jordan again. Now, Michael has... Six points here in the fourth quarter and 30 points on the night for Michael Jordan. Uh oh! Catch him, Marley, if you can! You can! And he's got 22! Timeout, top 57! Ran out on the floor to call it! 10 18 left! The Bulls are rolling! 15 remaining in the half, 8 to shoot. Drive by Jordan! Oh, my goodness! Oh, he's that guy! He was ready! Let's block this one, big fella! Right up your nose! Seven seconds left in the half. Here's Benny Johnson. 10 for 14 for the field. Michael right to left to the front court. Jordan comes back to the right, comes left again. What a move! Put it up and in! 15 footer! Jordan with 22. 51. We're tied. The Jazz and the World Champion Bulls. Doesn't get it to go. Paxton brought his man in that time, and that sort of clogged things up. Jordan. Oh, my. Oh, that's what everybody's been waiting on. We'll have that one on replay. Everybody calls him Eric Jordan, and this is why. Scotty, a jump pass ahead to Armstrong underneath. Gets it back out to Jordan wide right. Now Michael on the move. Spins right away. Down the lane. Finger roll. Oh, oh man. A new one. You talk about shooting from the hip. Jordan pulled it off with a waist-high flip with the left hand. Jordan now with midfield and Akers defending. Oakley. No 
two have put on a show. Jordan and Oakley have combined for 50 of Chicago's 83 points. His penetration, look at this pass. You used to do that. I remember back in the schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the NBA's return to play plan, because when it was put in front of the Board of Governors, it passed 29 to 1 with Portland as the lone dissenting vote. Turns out the Blazers prefer to plan with only 20 teams instead of 22. And according to Woj, quote, believe there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table. Remember, Damian Lillard had been pushing for a full play-in tournament earlier in the month. Now, even after the vote, the Blazers were sticking to their guns. C.J. McCollum tweeting, we play for an ownership group that actually listens to its players and has a backbone. We voiced what we felt was the best option, and they followed our lead. I commend our front office and Jody Allen. Tracy, are the Blazers right about this? Um, I mean, I, I would be a little upset at, you know, 22 teams um, being implemented into the bubble, into this, this tournament, if you will. Um, for me, in my opinion, I just wish they would have frozen the standings as is pre-pandemic and had about eight to ten games play out for seating um, because I, I just think it's unfair to have guys that are out we're, we're declared out for the rest of this season and then we have this pandemic and they have time to recover and then when this season resumes back these guys are eligible to play. I think it's just unfair to eight teams that didn't get an opportunity to be invited to um, Orlando for this. Um, so I, I'm, I'm against the 22 uh, teams. I wish they would have frozen the standings and had just the 16. 16. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that, T-Mac. I initially said the 16 teams, but if they are going to do, you know, uh, the the – the, the playoff teams or the people that the teams that won were in the playoff conversation, then you have to do 22 teams. And the Blazers think they slick. Yeah, they wanted to do 20 teams because it helps their chances. <laughs> Smart move by them. But we was born, but we weren't born yesterday. So I, I see where they was going with. I see what they was trying to do over there, Rachel, which was a smart move by the Blazers. The less teams, you know, they'd better their chances. <laughs> well, yeah, if you say it should have been 20 instead of 22, you're basically saying Phoenix and Washington shouldn't have been invited. Guys, our ESPN <laughs> Kevin Pelton numbers guru did 500 simulations of what the NBA is going to do. Washington only forced to play in game 10% of the time, but the numbers are worse for the Suns. Of his 500 simulations, they only forced a play-in game once. Once! Sorry, Devin mm. Booker. All right. Coming up, the anniversary of Paul Pierce's triumphant return to Game 1 of the 2008 <laughs> Finals. Kendrick Perkins, you remember that. He's uh, going to share the truth on what really happened last night, that night. The wheelchair game. You don't want to miss it. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Coming up next, UFC Live previewing UFC 250 from Vegas. A three-hour sports center is after that at 5 with the GTI guys joining. And we cap the day with another sports center. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump. Today, 
the anniversary of Game One of the 2008 NBA Finals, otherwise known as, oh yes, the Paul Pierce wheelchair game. Now, Perk, you were involved in the play that sent Paul to the locker room. I don't know how many people remember that. And they might not also remember, you went to the locker room with a separate injury moments later. So you had the whole behind the scenes. Tell us what was happening. Who one thing about it, Rachel, listen. Paul is from Inglewood, California. <laughs> Knowing guys from Inglewood, you never know what's going on through their mind. I, we were so worried. I kind of faked the injury to go back there and check on Paul. And he was okay. So when when I went back to the bench, everybody was like, Perk, Paul, good? I'm like, yeah. And then he come running from outside the locker room like Rocky, and, and he went off. I mean, he went off. But you never know with Paul. He probably... He probably did that on purpose, but whatever he, if, whatever, I'm glad he did do it because I tell you what, it won us that ball game. What the, what was the wheelchair for though? Uh, man, you know Paul gotta overreact on everything, man. <laughs> you know that's how he is. That's Pete. He gotta overreact. <laughs> My God. All right. The memories. All right, guys, according to Caesar Sportsbook, the Nets title odds have shifted in a very big way. They've moved from 750 to 1 all the way down to 60 to 1 due to the pending health of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Tracy, would you put any money on Brooklyn right now to come out of the East? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) There's no way if I'm an owner, if I'm the coach, if I'm Katie's mom, brother, he's not playing this year. Why risk mm-hmm. anything? He's been out for in, uh, a, a whole year, and then you only got eight to ten games to get in basketball shape, to get ready to play the highest level of basketball, and that's playoff basketball? No chance. Yeah, I'm with you, T-Mac. Hey, Rachel, Tracy, listen, we cannot let Vegas tell us that the sky is green and the grass is blue. We know they lost a whole lot of money during this pandemic. Don't you be crazy and go up there and go punch in no ticket for the Brooklyn Nets. Don't buy into that. KD and Kyrie is not playing, period. <laughs> and that's the word. All right, I want to move on to Vince Carter because no Hawks in the Orlando bubble means we have likely seen the last of Vince Sanity, who played a record 22 seasons. Now, Mac, I said likely there. Tell the truth. Do you believe your cousin is actually done playing basketball? Mm. Put 22 in the books by the year, amount of years Vince Carter played in the NBA and leave it. It is over because it's had a phenomenal mm. Hall of Fame career. And I talked to him uh, about a week or two ago. He's happy. He has two kids, three kids. Um, and he's got no, that new two baby. kids. He just had a new baby. He is. I mean, he, he's. He's satisfied. You know, he wants to be on the golf course. He wants to raise his kids and he wants to come and do television. Well, I'll tell you what, the game is going to miss Vince Carter, the best in-game dunker in NBA history in my eyes. Um, you know, when you look at Vince Carter's career, he made Toronto, Air Canada relevant again. And I just want to give him his flowers and tell him we appreciate him. Like you said, T-Mac, a Hall of Famer, and what he done for the game of basketball, inspiring others like myself in the younger generation, we just want to say thank you. Tracy, what would you have said to him when y'all were youngsters in Toronto if you had known he was going to play 22 years? 
There's no chance I would have thought he would have lasted this long, especially <laughs> with the injuries that, you know, he sustained uh, early in his career. But, man, he, uh, he willed it to 22. He did it, man. One of the best. Love the way he structured his whole career. Praise to you, Vince Carter. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you back on Monday. Peace. We'll see you guys.